Welcome to another edition of the Oscar Central Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob. Uh, I think that's the first time I've called myself a host, so a round of applause to me. Um, we have an amazing panel here today, and we are going to be talking about uh, primarily Thor, but a lot of the MCU uh, in the Oscars world. Uh, part of our panel here today is Kinsey. Hi, Kinsey. I know everyone's so excited. I'm here with my intense knowledge of the MCU, but I'll put my love for Elvis on pause to discuss something I have a ton of knowledge in. So I'm excited. And thanks to our host for that beautiful intro. Yes. Um, yeah, Kenzie's actually coming out and telling everyone that she is a Marvel stan. Um, so this will be interesting for everyone to find out. Uh, we're also here with Lex. How are you? I'm, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. That was very short. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm good. Thank you for asking. Uh, we're also here with Jillian. How are you? I'm good. Had a week off from work, which was amazing and feel rested and relaxed. Awesome, we love that. Um, and Nicole, I know Nicole just went on vacation. How was that? Semi-vacation. I, mean, I was gonna say, it was like kind of vacation. Yeah. I was just down at the beach this weekend uh, at my family's beach condo, but it was good other than um, I just spent most of it trying to look after my new puppy, so. <laughs> Awesome. We love that. And I know Adriano just texted us. He is going to join in just a second. Um, but, and we'll ask him how he is whenever we get into that. But um, when it comes to news this week, a couple few trailers dropped. Uh, first off, The Woman King. Did everyone get a chance to see it? I am so hyped for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've heard I heard you talk about it um, on a different podcast, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on it uh, now as well. Yeah, especially after seeing the trailer. I mean, I'm so hyped for this cast. Obviously, Viola Davis is awesome, but also to get to see John Boyega do something outside of Star Wars is always fun. Um, Lashana Lynch, like there's so many fun people in this cast. And I also love nothing more than to get sort of a historical epic film about a figure that we don't really know much about and I feel like I'm not alone in saying that I have very little idea of the story that they're telling and I think it looks like it's going to be really good I don't know if I think it's going to be a big Oscar play I do definitely see it being in contention for costumes uh but I think you know regardless of that side of it it looks really good based on the trailer and I'm really looking forward to it yeah same I I mean, Viola Davis, of course, I heard the first lady wasn't great, um, but I will trust her with almost anything. And I do think the trailer looks really cool. I mean, I think even from the first picture, it looked like it looked kind of insane. And I do agree with you on that, where it seems like a lot of the times with historical movies, we get, you know, World War II, we get a different war, we get, you know, people that we know, especially now with the kind of musical biopic skate that we're getting into and we are we're learning about stuff that we already knew and so it is cool to like actually dive into something that hasn't 
been touched on as much. Um, and then you're right. The cast is incredible. The director is incredible. I think it's, if it's not a big Oscar player, I still think it's going to be at least a, a really good movie. Does anyone else have anything, Kenzie? I'm really excited for the sound in it. It sounds so good in the trailer. So I can't imagine it considering it's like a theatrical only film. I feel like the sound will be really incredible. And then um, the cinematography looks great too. Even if it is just like a fun, not fun, but like just a movie to enjoy and consume versus like an Oscar movie. I still love seeing movies like that where they like there's work and heart behind what they're doing. And you can clearly see that just in the trailer. So I can't wait to see it. And just Viola Davis's arms, like, mm-hmm. please, 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 please. I wonder if it'll be a makeup player also in addition to costumes, because that's, I feel yeah, that's like I there's thinking. gonna be a lot of brutal scenes where the makeup will just be like incredible work, especially now that we're in a field of five in that category, finally. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking the costumes looked incredible and the makeup, of course, looks incredible. Um, it definitely seems like something that should at least make the long list, even if it doesn't yeah. get nominated. Yeah, I, I also think we have never seen like Viola Davis in a type like this type of role before. So it does feel very like new and exciting to see her step into something that I feel like this would traditionally like an actor taking this route would often do like a superhero film or like a franchise so it just that just feels refreshing um and especially after seeing her play ma rainey like a few years ago that performance was the hands down amazing so i can't wait to see her like we know that she goes all in based off of the first lady but i'm excited to see her do something else yeah i agree as well um we also have uh, recently, something that I know everyone is excited about. Steven Yoon is joining Mickey Seven. Um, um, I literally there, screamed yeah. out loud. I screamed. <laughs> I literally like was at work and screamed like a lunatic. I am so excited. Like, I didn't know I needed an Okja reunion between Steven and Bong Joon-ho. I didn't like, I I don't know. And then Robert Pattinson, it's gonna be like the sexiest cast of all time. And I just am not ready. And I also just think like him doing this post Batman is just the coolest thing that's ever happened. Like mm-hmm. I, it, it makes me realize like why I love him so much is like that he can go do something like the Batman. And yes, it's very different than most of the movies we'll probably discuss here. But, and then to just go and do this, it's just so exciting and I can't wait. And I'm very against set pictures, even though they don't always tell the full story, hence the Batman, but I will be online refreshing that first day they start. I don't know if we're going to get like some tenant pictures that are from thousands of feet away that are all grainy being like there's Robert Pattinson with blonde hair. I don't know what's going to happen, but Steven and Rob in one picture, I will my scream will be heard around the world. But. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And that's what I think um, with the MCU, that's what I think the same thing about Mark Ruffalo and him being in this movie and him doing other stuff. I mean, doing the Avengers and then going straight to Foxcatcher and, you know, doing Spotlight in between or right before doing both the Avengers movies. It's like, it is nice to see um, some of these actors taking on, you know, the comic book roles, but then actually trying to do something that's probably 
has more prestige to it, um, not to get clipped or anything. Uh, does anyone else have any thoughts on this? I'm very excited about this movie because I love science fiction. Um, mm. That's just my favorite genre. And I will say, though, I this the book that it's based on hasn't been released yet, so I'm interested to read that. It's so, like, fascinating to see all of these recent, like, you have, like, Ad Astra, you have Mickey Seven, and the upcoming Adam Sandler movie Spaceman. Yes. Um, also Gravity. Like, they're all kind of on the same theme and feel like distant ancestors or relatives to Solaris and like Solaris the the not the American version the one the first one like that's just one of my favorite movies so I just love seeing like what different iterations that we get of it it's almost like the science fiction version of like Rear Window um so I can't wait to see like how Bong takes it and his version I will ignore the fact that Jillian shut out the incredible Lucy in the Sky, where Natalie Portman does not wear a diaper. I, yeah. Um, anyway, speaking of Natalie Portman, we'll speak about her later. Um, we also had a trailer for a movie that is fake and won't be released and nobody cares about. Um, does anyone have anything they want to say about that one? Be, be as brutal as possible. <laughs> I have zero thoughts on that horrible man. And I'm embarrassed that so many people I admire are working with him. It's disgusting. And they should all be questioned. All of them, by the way, all of them, not just certain people, like every single one of them. And yeah, I, I will say I hope- the discourse has been a little bit annoyingly centered around the women working with him. And I would like for us to hold the like male actors to the same standards, please. Yeah, specifically yeah. Christian Bale, on, who, Christian has, Bale. who yep. has witnessed some of his behavior. It would be incredible if he could explain the thought process behind that. And I'm very curious, did he speak to Amy Adams before taking this part? I, I don't know, really rubs me the wrong way and changes my opinion on so many of these people. Yeah. Um, does anyone else have anything else to say about this one? Yeah, I think, look, well, first of all, I'm here. Sorry, I'm late. Um, uh, I would have warned you, but my phone died. Um, uh, so yeah, look, I, I, I think feelings, personal feelings of this guy are clearly, I think he's a piece of dog shit. Do I think the trail looks good? I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say, yeah, I do think the trail looks good, but it is kind of hard to like take it, it, it's kind of like what you guys been saying it's kind of hard to like be like well why especially someone like bale it's like why are they working with this guy how like people like de niro where it's like all right you don't need this role like you're, you're robert de niro you know you, you can literally be in anything why are you, you working with a guy who's known to be a piece of shit and it's like you know it, it does kind of I'm not saying these people are horrible besides the director. I'm not saying these people are horrible monsters, but it is kind of like some, a lot of ethical questions that need to be asked about these people. And I hope, I really hope they get asked these questions on the press tour. I know they won't, but they should. I just hope there is a press tour. (laughs) I get the sense they're going to like avoid the press with this one. Yeah. I I think, he'll avoid the press i just think that like there's no way around asking because 
David O. Russell himself has confirmed some of the allegations. So they're not allegations at that point. And that makes it to where it's kind of open season. You can ask about it versus something being like rumored or alleged or, and I just, I don't know. I feel like they're going to dump this movie on a weird weekend and just like not promote it. Cause I've also like read, it's not very good. And that most of the supporting cast is like one or two lines. So those actors, I assume won't do any press for it. And then I also just assume they're just not, going to do anything with it because they don't want to be asked they don't want to risk the conversation we haven't especially oh sorry no go ahead julian we haven't seen like um that we just got the trailer for see how they run and like Mm -hmm. that looks like a better version of what this film was trying is being trying to be i don't know and also just like i feel like knives out has really elevated like the ensemble mystery genre Mm -hmm. and kind of revamped it so I'm curious. I feel like this one definitely takes inspiration from David's past films as, as well as Knives Out. So I'm curious to see what his, I don't know. I'm probably not going to see it. Cause I, I mean, I'm told that I, at one point American Castle was my, my top five. Do I know why I recently rewatched it? I'm moving that to the way bottom, but it just feels like it's so reliant, especially these days on like the ensemble more than the actual content. Like people, mm-hmm. I know people on TikTok were just like, oh my God, you got to go watch this film because of this cast. But it's like one, yeah, the director and two, is, is that, I don't buy that people are excited for this film. I totally agree with you, Kenzie, that I think that a lot of the cast will probably just avoid doing press, especially cast members who have other films coming out. Mm -hmm. Like, I would not be surprised if Margot does not do a press tour for this. Yeah. For Amsterdam, because she's busy with, like, Babylon and other stuff. Um, And I think that they would be wise to avoid press for it, because I think that this is the kind of thing that, like, the discourse is only going to get worse from here on out. I wish that we could just have the conversation and be done with it. Yeah, especially because Jillian pointed out these like well-known like TikTokers are pointing out the issues of the director and writer. Yeah. And it's and they're all doing the same thing where they're no one is blaming these actors or like, I mean, and I include Taylor Swift in that, like it's not their fault, but it is their fault. Like Adriana was saying that like majority of them are very established actors, like and not even just actors, like Taylor Swift is so established, like she could easily mm-hmm. work with any director she wanted. Like, I'm pretty sure they would all figure out a way to work her in. But like, there's no reason for most of them to be working with this man. And it's just like, I understand it's not their fault, but like, there is the question of why are you using your platform to do this? Especially like for me, Margot Robbie, it's so disappointing because I'm like, she produces the most intensely like, look at the way these people treat other people kind of movies where it's like, look at what they're doing to other people and not even just women, just like the way that like I, Tanya is framed is very, look at both sides of this conversation like the people involved in this incident. And it's like, there is no reason that she should be working with someone like this after producing I, Tanya and producing Promising Young Woman. And like, I'm assuming what we're about to get with Barbie and made too also like, yeah it's back. just like it's very weird and then also someone else tweeted more eloquently like look at the directors that Rami Malik has worked with in a row and it's just like 
a little suspect and I don't he has know. a list and he's checking them all. Yeah, <laughs> it's very yeah. like like is Roman Polanski next for him? Like I, I'm a diehard, I, I saw that tweet. I'm a diehard Rami supporter, uh, and uh, I saw that tweet, and I'm just like, and I just I just hit my head. Like, I think from like their from their agents perspective like you do have established actors like bale and de niro and then you also have like people that they seem established but they're also rising who happen to be in this film like john david washington you could argue um margot robbie because like in that same week i think it was announced it was like she's working with wes anderson she's working with um damien chazelle like she she's crossing off those those directors and who else is in that? Like Chris Rock is getting more into like he did Fargo. He's getting into film. So I feel like it's a lot of it is probably driven by their agents and managers who like want them to kind of go down this path of being prestige actors. And I specifically with Anya Taylor-Joy, I feel like her team is really pushing her to get Oscar status eventually. Will it be from this movie? Probably not. But I think it just like sadly from a business perspective like this move makes sense we're all we're all like why would they do that Mm -hmm. I think like what was so head-scratching for me about this lineup was like it would be one thing if some up-and-coming actor was like headlining this like I get it like you got to pay the bills like not saying it's okay but at least I can see where you may be coming from but like I would also get it I put get it in quotes if like it were actors who maybe weren't so relevant anymore trying to make some sort of comeback but like it's like everybody's already said it's like everybody's super like these are some of the biggest names right now and so I guess who also have other big like I will not I'd be willing to bet money that Taylor Swift is going to put out one of her re-recorded albums right before this movie comes out to a build more press but b also cover up like the fact that there's controversy around this. Like I'm willing to bet money on it. And so I just don't get why no one stepped into any of them been like, Hey there, you're on like a pretty good path. Like you sure you want to do this? This might not go over well, but the whole thing is just a big, I just find it very weird. Yeah, no, I agree. All I'm saying is I'm thankful that Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper got far, far, far away from this man. Like, thank you. Whoever arranged that. Um, and can you do publicity and more for the rest of these actors? Because what is going on? We need, we need, uh, I guess, Christian Bale to start directing stuff so that he's, uh, he's taken. I can't um, wait for him to give the same response he gave about Thor that he was like, my kids wanted me to be in it. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like there's no excuse, man. There's nothing you can say. Oh, it's so sad. Courtney um, Adams. I see him more than anyone. That's like, the one. That's the one that I absolutely am like unique questioned about this. Like, especially because, like, and I mean, like, I don't. I mean, I like some of Amy Adams' recent films, but her career is kind of like. It's not the best bit. post. It's on a track that is not good. Yeah, so it's like if I saw her in this, I'd be like, okay, I could see her trying. I guess trying to get to like better like trying to do something better but it's like christian bell was literally just in like an oscar nominated like best picture nominee and he has like another scott cooper film coming out this year so i'm like that's your director you keep working with it doesn't have to be david o russell Mm -hmm. like what are you doing 
And just like there's better Davids around. Like it doesn't have to be him. Like go he just wants to wear some wigs. Have yeah. a good time. I'm pretty sure <laughs> David he has David an Lynch accent. David Lynch could get him like a David Lynch wig and then like he could do an I don't know. Like he doesn't have to do this. It's just work with McKay again. Like you think Please I'm just don't. Like, well he hey, say what you want both movies. He's really great in, in McKay's movies. Yeah. He was yeah. really good in the big short. Yeah, I I actually really like him and I like him in Vice. I just don't like that movie. You just don't like the movie, yeah. But he's great in it, and like he did the work, you know. Mm -hmm. He did the neck workout. (laughs) Um, moving on. Uh, going into Thor, did I know at least one person hasn't seen it? (laughs) Maybe I'm gonna mute myself. Um, has everyone else seen it, Lex? Nicole, Adriano, Jillian, you haven't seen it, right? I feel like I've seen it through TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I, we can go ahead and give quick thoughts about it. Um, just kind of what you liked, what you didn't like. If you see the film having any Oscar potential, um, let's start with, I'll start with Nicole because you saw it the day I was supposed to see it and got rudely, rudely taken away. What do you think? So I was really excited going into this because I love Thor Ragnarok. I love Taika Waititi's work in general. And I was excited for this because I really hated Multiverse of Madness. And I was kind of looking forward to getting back to something that's more of a self-contained story. That's definitely how I felt after watching it too. I think that part of why it worked so well is that it wasn't dealing with this whole sort of multiverse stuff that we've been doing lately which meant that I didn't have the conflicting feelings after it of being like, okay, even if I like how it handled that, lately everything it feels like hasn't fit together well. So even if I like a project, it's like, okay, but they just broke a rule that they established in something else. So this didn't have any of those issues. Obviously it fits super well with the last Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok, which was also directed by Taika. I think it has a lot of that same feel, that same irreverent humor, but I think they did a really excellent job of making it fit into phase four because of the fact that phase four of the MCU has mostly been about grief and how people deal with grief, which I have absolutely loved seeing. And I think that the way that they portray the character of Thor, and this is really great, and I loved seeing Natalie Portman come back as Jane Foster. I think that they finally figured out how to deal with that character because I think that, like, it was not great, especially in Thor the Dark World. Um, Loved getting to see her. Loved some of the little character stuff, like Kat Dennings being in it was super fun. I love to see a female friendship in the MCU. We don't have that many of those. Obviously, um, I love Tessa Thompson as Valkyrie. Uh, Valkyrie and, and Korg are both of my top five MCU characters, so it's like no surprise that I love this film. Love to see a little bit of gay representation there. I think they're working towards actually being able to give Valkyrie a girlfriend on screen. But I also think that some of the response to this movie has shown why they're taking baby steps. Um, because it's kind of astounding that this movie has gotten the response it has from uh, some conservative people, considering the fact that mostly it's just gay in vibes, not in content. It's, it's, um, wait, it's white in vibes? It's it's sort of gay in the vibes. Um, no, what's the other word you used? What did I say? 
fruity. Oh, fruity. Yeah. No, this film is fruity, like just in, <laughs> in vibe alone. I can't explain it fully, but it is. I also will say one thrilled with the post-credit scene for this. I yes. don't want to give it away, obviously, but I literally clapped my hands together in the movie theater. <laughs> I, that, that's one thing. I know that's one thing that doesn't matter. It matters to me because working in the theater, I have to see them all the time. Yeah. Um, the best two post-credit scenes I've seen in a long time. In a long time. Yeah. And that and the also... Elvis one, right? Yes. Right. The Elvis one that people yeah, so if you're, the whole if, time. If you're listening there's an, and wait, you... There's an Elvis one? Yeah. yeah. So if you're listening and you missed it, you should go see it in theaters again and check it out. <laughs> you have to stay Well, no, I'm not, well, well, not going to go though. see it again. Well, I'm not, it's I, Austin I, I Butler singing twice, Here Comes Santa Claus. I'm not Santa seeing it ever again. <laughs> Elvis, Elvis actually is walking on a beach in uh, Hawaii, and he walks up to uh, to Don't Tupac. give it's away! Too... Don't give away Andrew the credit Kobe. scene. You have to go oh and see it. It connects the next Marvel movie. Okay, yes. <laughs> like the end of Titanic when they're standing at the clock, <laughs> standing there, and then Elvis comes up and goes, "Here comes Santa Claus." <laughs> <laughs> the way that I would stay in a theater to see that though. Um I but mean, it is, but please yeah, but please go see Elvis again so you can check out <laughs> this scene that. that's like on a beach on the Titanic. Yeah. It's everywhere. I'm not gonna um, see it again. One last Google it. thing, and then I, I promise I will let other people talk. Um, but I also want to say one of my favorite things of this movie is Russell Crowe as Zeus. And I am truly cackling at the discourse I've seen around this because of some of the people being like, oh, you can't make Zeus seem like that. And I'm like, I, I beg you to look at some actual mythology. Um, this I beg you to watch the movie from the beginning. <laughs> on for what like Zeus is in Greek mythology. But like, I don't know what Russell Crowe was doing other than giving full camp, but mm. I was here for it. Like, this is the most I've liked him and it's something in years. Is, is it very complimentary or like, better oh, no, no, than no. Tom Hanks it's, and Elvis. Ooh, it's um, it's more camp than that, honestly. Yeah. Oh, so but I would like, probably like it because he's like, like, like a better way. Because my favorite <laughs> Russell Crowe of the last, I don't know, like honestly, since LA Confidential is um the nice guys. So oh, yeah, I feel like because like the because I haven't seen the movie, but so I haven't seen the response to him but i i kind of like that russell crowe's in this like this is what i look like like i'm this amazing academy award-winning actor like shut up look i am he here said for it. i am here gonna for show that up. behavior he said i'm gonna show up i'm gonna frolic in a little toga dress and i'm gonna speak in the weirdest accent you've like, ever heard because yeah. so my biggest complaint <laughs> with people like bashing tom hanks's performance in elvis is the same thing i will blindfully defend Russell Crowe's these amazing actors who have Oscars just having the time of their lives making movies yes. is so incredible and like I don't know like let people have fun with acting it is so boring to see them do like the same kind of baity roles over and over like Russell Crowe's been acting for how long like let him have fun like exactly it's also and, like if he wants to wear a toga and be like hilarious like that's amazing. Do it. That's better yeah. than anything you could pitch me for Russell Crowe to do. Right this now. is the MCU. We only produce very serious movies. 
Don't you understand? This can't I, happen. That's I what I like, like about this film is that it is fun and it has its like dramatic moments and it has emotional beats that really hit, but it doesn't feel like it takes itself too seriously, which like, good, it's a superhero film about Thor. But I do think um, also, I just have to get in a little bit more multiverse of madness tea. And that's that Christian Bale in this movie is scarier than anything in multiverse of madness so like he also when you guys were talking about camp in like a different way he is like i mean he's doing it just as much i was at the store this morning and this kid was like her nails look like christians and i was like christian who but they i was like oh my god he has white nails i truly he's doing the most in this movie and i love it and also never i'll say that I have thoughts on Oscar chances for this film, but um, no, I, I really feel like the whole cast was really dedicated here and you could tell that they were having fun with it in a way that I think something like Multiverse of Madness, they clearly were not, so. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, that's, I think that's the thing for me is I think people are going in, especially with you know, No Way Home was much more like emotional in like what it was trying to tell. And this was just so different. And of course there was Dr. Strange, which I don't know what that was ever trying to be. Um, But it is, it's just fun. I mean, it's like you said, like it doesn't take itself too seriously and it doesn't to the fact of like the first hour of it is almost like a spoof on superhero movies in general and I think that's one thing, like during the trailer, hearing him say like, oh, I have to refine myself, just like he has in every other Thor movie and every other Avengers movie. And then they kind of actually use that in a way to like make fun of that trope of like, oh, I have to find myself. Um, I thought, again, I just reiterate everything. I thought it was a ton of fun. Um, I thought the black and white sequences were actually like incredibly done. Um and probably some of the coolest just sequences in general that the MCU's ever seen. Um, and yeah, I thought Natalie Portman was great. I thought uh, Tessa Thompson was great. Um, Chris Hemsworth is like, I feel like if Taika hadn't taken over Thor, he would have died in Endgame. But I feel like he got this like revitalization with Ragnarok in this more like himbo type of role. And um, I think it just, it really works. I know a lot of people were saying that like, he felt like the comedic relief, but I I feel like it just fits like this character so much more. And I really loved it. I have to say my absolute favorite thing that had me like scream laughing in the theater was his like relationship with his hammer and with his, uh, with Stormbreaker. Yeah. And when he's, when he's like in there talking, like talking to the hammer and you see Stormbreaker just like slowly like (laughs) pan into the shot. I was like almost on the floor. I would thought that was the funniest thing when he gave Stormbreaker his first beer. I was losing my mind. Okay, that Um, bit did me in. (laughs) He started like scratching it and he's like, I need to share my first. I was like, oh my God. That's like, there's, I mean, there are those cringe moments. Um, I saw it again at work and the scene with the speaker after she like breaks the sink, I'm like, oh my God. And there are those cringe moments, but I think overall, like it is overall the funniest Marvel film I probably have seen. 
And that's, I think it's a good thing because it it tackles, you know, like you said, it does tackle grief and it is super emotional, but it is like, it does it in a way that is still comedic and it's still, you know, a comedy first and foremost. I literally cried laughing at those screaming goats. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Which could, which should have, should have not worked in any capacity, but like, I think they were done so well that like, you kind of forgot about them with everything that was going on screen. And then they come back in the picture and you're just like, um, Lex, anything from you? Um, I mean, I'll get into my like overall, um, thoughts, but just kind of going back or to what you were just talking about. I think this movie is another example in my, I won't say crusade that feels very, um, intense, but my, point that I feel like I need to prove to the world that Chris Hemsworth is actually a very gifted comedic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got spot on comedic timing. His role in Ghostbusters still kills me to this day. Um, and I thought he did a very good job in this movie. Um, but the thing about it is Thor has always just been my favorite of the original Avengers. Um, and I, couldn't even really tell you why I just like them um and so I last summer had this whole thing where I set out to read all the comic books that were um going to be referenced in Love and Thunder and I did it which if you know how much I read is a really big deal but I did it so proud Thank you so much. I swear I do read. I just prefer audiobooks and audiobooks. Well, and I can't read. So. It's just not. Yeah. A thing. Um, but anyway, <laughs> so I went into this, but I think actually I ended up ruining my perception of this movie and doing that because I went in thinking I knew all there was to know. And I found myself pointing, like focusing too much on what was different. And then I, then I was just angry at myself. Um, but I think overall, like, it, I really did enjoy it. I, I think it may be the funniest MCU movie. Um, I think this and Ragnarok are definitely superior to um, the first Thor and uh, Dark World. I, I don't know why. I guess it's because I expected this to be the end-all be-all of everything to me. When I thought this was going to be my movie of the summer, and it turns out that was actually supposed to be Elvis. I didn't, I didn't anticipate that happening. Um, I mean, no, I really enjoyed it. I love Taika's style of directing. I think his style. I think he should do more than just Thor. Honestly, in terms of MCU movies, I think he really gets like this sense of self awareness, um, this humor. He's good at balancing the comedic aspects with the dramatic aspects. Um, I did like that they, because something that really, really bugged me about Endgame was they made Thor's grief kind of a joke. Um, And that always irritated me because Thor has lost everybody he's ever loved. Um, And he's still, and all of his kind of motivation in Endgame is driven by his need to atone for that. And they make it a joke. And I never appreciated that. So I liked that while there was that sense of self-awareness of like, yeah, in every movie, Thor's got to go find himself. Like there was still that element of, no, this guy's been through a lot. Um, And I appreciated that from a character standpoint. Um, I was happy to see Jane again, even though I've never been her biggest fan, but it also could be I hate her because I ain't her. 
Um, so I don't really know. Um, but yeah, overall, um, it wasn't quite as like rocked my world as I anticipated it to do so, but I think that was also my own fault. So, but overall, I really liked it. And Adriano, anything from you? Oh, he's muted. Sorry. Um, so I'll, I'll keep it quick. Um, I, for one, I'm a huge Taika fan. So this was like kind of the only Marvel movie this year that I was like amped for. And initially when I saw it, I was like, fuck yeah, I loved it. Like I was aware of its flaws. You know, there's some definitely some it took a little bit to get going. And, um, you know, they it, there is a little too much comedy sometimes, like to the point where it's like, all right, like Taika, slow down a little bit. But overall, I was really into it. I do think that they balance to an extent the comedy and also the drama, like the real like uh, heart elements uh, really well. I think this is the most not saying a lot at all, but this is the most chemistry that Jane and Thor ever had. And I, you know, it, it's like this is basically a rom-com and those two actually worked well together. I think it's because Taika Taika's a really like Taika's really good at making you feel things and, and also laughing. Like you're not you're not gonna watch a Taika movie and just okay, that was okay, I was about to say and and never and not be like heartbroken then remember Jojo Rabbit. But like you'll you'll at least leave feeling like pretty good you know like uh, feeling well and he does that here with Thor as well and I just and you know a lot of the sensibilities I love about Taika he puts here you know yeah there's some valid criticism with with its visuals but also that whole shadow realm uh like that was so sick I was like you know what yes there's some pretty shoddy VFX here but holy crap and I love Bale Bale I love him in this movie he's so good what one of my favorite villains i think there's you know kind of flips on i won't spoil it but like i think his motivations in the beginning kind of flip on a dime it's like it's like i won't spoil what happens and he's justifiably upset but also he's just like all right you know what i'm gonna kill all gods now it's like that kind of came out of nowhere if i'm being honest but other other than that i actually really enjoy this movie and i think the discourse around this movie is fucking psychotic yeah, no, I agree. Um, I think just to get one more thing out there, I think it's one of the few MCU movies that actually doesn't go where you think it's going to go, at least for me, um, especially at the end uh, when mm-hmm. Thor gave his like little speech and everything. I was like, oh, OK, this is this is what's going to happen. And then it didn't. And I was like, oh, OK, I respect him a lot for not doing that. Um, now, when it comes to the actual Oscar potential for it. Um, I will start, I think of the, of the three MCU movies this year, I mean, you have to, you have to assume that one of them's going to get in. They do every time. Um, I think VFX, even though there were a lot of bad VFX, I thought there was enough really good ones that they could put together a reel to kind of highlight it specifically with the shadow realm, uh, which I thought was not only like gorgeous but like horrifying at times um and i think of the three movies you know black panther didn't get a vfx nom last time um i think this one probably has the best chance i know it's definitely not going to be doctor strange 
unless they just love Doctor Strange's magic. Um, but yeah, I think VFX is the best, is the most likely. I think costume design is a potential. Um, I think there's a lot of really cool costumes, a lot of colorful costumes, and a lot of different costumes in a way, especially when you get to the gods. Um, and then I think hair and makeup is another one that I think is really likely, especially with all of Bale's makeup, prosthetics, with all of the makeup for the gods and all the like hair, all the different kind of bodies, all the different people. Um, I think those three are probably, if it came out with those three, I think it's the best day ever for it. Um, does anyone have any other thoughts? Yeah, I think costumes is possible, but unlikely. They tend not to go for this sort of thing in costumes. I actually think they've they got should, a decent They should have given one person a gown. Yeah. <laughs> I think they've got a decent shot at makeup, actually, especially if I'm assuming that some of those creatures that he and the Guardians were helping in those early scenes were practical makeup. And if so, between that and Bale, I think they could put together like a really good um, reel for this, uh, for the Bake Off. And I would expect it to at least get onto the short list, especially because I don't think that there's anything in Doctor Strange to get into makeup. And I don't think there will be in Black Panther 2 either. Um, as far as visual effects go, the weird thing is that right now, as of today of filming this or recording this, um, there is some rumbling that some uh, special effects um, artists are going to no longer work with Marvel because of conditions that they have to work under for these films. So I think it's going to depend on sort of where that all is at, at the time of the Oscars. Obviously, it could have blown over by then and it could be sort of nothing to worry about and they could get their nomination or it could escalate and it could cost them getting a nomination in for any Marvel film this year. So I think we just kind of have to wait and see how that plays out and to, to really know. But I do think definitely this over Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, Lex, Adriano, anything from you guys? Um, I mean, I would argue that makeup's more likely than VFX, honestly, because, you know, it's like, I, I, everywhere, every time I see criticism levied towards this film, it's almost entirely focused towards its visuals. And I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna sit here and say that it's not all warranted, you know, like, yeah, but see, that's some... what I was thinking. If they only had to put together like a seven minute reel, they just do the seven minute like Shadow Realm. And then call it a and day. That, People yeah, who don't see the whole movie would see that and then would be like, oh, this is actually really good and interesting. And it uses black and white color, all those different things together in a way that like really works. I also think that, sometimes they just interpret visual effects as the most visual effects. Yeah. <laughs> or like Which, this movie like, had visual effects. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this and was a sure Star Wars. But also, like, Black <laughs> Panther kind of showed that, like, they're not just going to hand it to them, you know? Like, what was, like, that was the most criticized aspect of that movie. And it, it didn't, get, even with all that nomination I got, it still missed VFX. So, well, I'm, I'm not saying it won't get VFX, of course it can, but I just think makeup's more likely because of what they did with Bale. Yeah. And it's not just Bale. I think it's because there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of the gods had 
insane hair and makeup and a lot of the um a lot of the asgardian children as well had insane hair and makeup and i think the only the only movie that's ever gotten and we'll get into all this later the only movie that's ever gotten a hair and makeup um nomination was guardians of the galaxy and i think this is the most since guardians that has like different like alien people of like all different kinds and different like different colors different like makeup like the guy who was literally like hands and hair um all that kind of stuff so i think yeah i think makeup's very likely lex anything from you i i do think it has a shot at hair and makeup um i don't think it's gonna get costumes because i don't think these costumes are any more i mean they're gorgeous but i don't think they're any more impressive than they were like in ragnarok um very much similar style i do I think it's going to get production design? No. But do I think maybe I would give it one? Yes. But I don't know if it's just because I love like rainbow, like fruity undertone aesthetic. Um, but I do. Um, and yeah, I um, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have high hopes for it. I do think it's, I would give... Um, Doctor Strange score because I do think Danny Elfman wrote a gorgeous score for that movie. I don't think this one's going to get score, but I do think overall it has more Oscar potential than Doctor Strange, not just because Doctor Strange was just a bad movie, um, but because I think the elements at play here are more impressive in this one. Yeah. And um, going back to what Adriana said, I think, uh, I think, yeah, it was insane that Black Panther didn't get a nomination for VFX, but I think Spider-Man, which like objectively not like super great VFX, even though I love the movie, um, that getting a nom is like, they'll, I think they'll throw Marvel a bone if it comes down to, you know, this or something else that's less likely. Um, well, I feel like the effects in this one are on par with Shang-Chi's. And they gave Shang-Chi one, which I deserve it, but I don't, I think, yeah, I think if what you were saying, if they're going to end up throwing Marvel a bone, this one versus uh, Doctor Strange, it's going to go Thor. Yeah. Um, which getting into the actual Marvel history, we can bring in, bring back in Kinsey and Jillian. They were out of the room for a minute. Um but for the whole history of Marvel at the Oscars, it has 21 nominations um, and three wins. The three wins all come from the same movie, so no surprise. Um, I will go category by category, and we can just talk about um, if any of the films in the category deserved it, didn't deserve it, if you felt like they should have won. Um, I guess I'll start bottom up. I will start with VFX. and. VFX Marvel movies have been nominated, I think, 12 times. Uh, first off with Iron Man that lost to The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Then Iron Man 2, which lost to Inception. The Avengers, which lost to Life of Pi. Iron Man 3, which lost to Gravity. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, which lost to Interstellar. Guardians of the Galaxy, which also lost to Interstellar. Doctor Strange, which lost to The Jungle Book. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which lost to Blade Runner 2049. Avengers Infinity War, which lost to First Man, 
Avengers Endgame, which lost to 1917, and then Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings and Spider-Man No Way Home both lost to Dune. Is there any Marvel movie that you feel like maybe could have gotten a nomination that didn't? Is there any of these that you feel like probably didn't deserve it? Um, Any that you feel like should have won? Does anyone want to kick it off? Can I just say something negative before everyone starts off being positive? Um, As someone who has seen one of these movies, Spider-Man No Way Home has the worst special effects I think I've ever seen in a movie. I was in disbelief at how bad it was. I... I, I don't understand, but I also am noticing just a pattern before everyone starts talking about what they deserve to win, um, that they go for movies that aren't built on the special effects, running the entire screen at all times or being 50-50 or whatnot. Um, they go for things that complement the movie and elevate it in a way that aren't like reliant on the movie working based on how great the special effects are. Because like if you watch like 1917 or First Man or Interstellar, like the only one on here that I think like the movie really needs amazing special effects is Curious Case of Benjamin Button, because I feel like that could have taken you out of the movie had the special effects been terrible. Well, and the Jungle Book. That movie, <laughs> we're gonna have that is special effects. Yeah, that movie is literally special effects. That's like the only one effects. on here. But like, I just think that um, most of the Marvel movies from my understanding is like, it's a large portion of what is on screen. I'm not saying that takes away from the movie. I'm just saying like what you're watching, like what these like bake-offs would be, would be like a lot of them explaining how they did it versus the other films that one would be like, this was special effects. Did you know that mm-hmm. kind of thing? And I think that's what the Academy goes for. So I think eventually, especially given the success of the Batman, that you'll see some Marvel movies start doing that. I don't think like all of them, but I think they'll like kind of switch to be, have some options that are more like character driven. Cause I think that's what they're doing with their shows, Mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And I think eventually like they'll make movies like that. I think they were just like, it's easier for them to test that out on TV versus a theatrical release. But I just had to shit on Spider-Man. Like, I'm so sorry. Like I I did watch it at home, but I was like, just like confused about the special effects of that movie. Like, I don't know. It was was bad. It was bad. I I definitely just, I mean, I, I agree. I think, I mean, am I glad that it got a nomination as a fan of the movie? Yes, but it shouldn't have been this one. Um, but no, I And absolutely... I want to say, I don't mean that anywhere, any way, shape or form against the people that did it. Because like Nicole pointed out, there is this like article coming out about like the constraints of their working positions and yeah. like the demands they're given and I don't think that's anything about the their work I think it's about their deadlines and the way they're rushed to do things and I think like you can see that not only from the rollout of Marvel projects but just like there I'm sure stories change quite quickly mm-hmm. and if it's VFX they don't really think about like the work that puts on the VFX artists 
And I don't mean any of that negatively towards anyone who worked on any of these movies. Like they did their job. They deserve yeah. Oscar nominations. Sorry. I think I, there's two ways people think of VFX or people that think of it like, oh, like there's this, I don't know, creature in the background mm-hmm. or like this huge thing that like they probably could not have filmed that, you know? And then there's like what Kenzie was talking about, like it's not the main attraction. It helps build the story. And like some of my favorite recent VFX, um, weirdly Joker because of how they like built that city. Like I, I watched the whole video on the VFX of that. And I was quite impressed because I was like something I, I wouldn't have noticed. I would have thought they just filmed to one with tall buildings. Like, you know, it like adds to something. Um, and Mank, like that was, I don't think that was nominated, but like you know, you watch the behind the scenes of that and you're like, this movie had special effect, like VFX, but it's, I think like when things come out and like Marvel fans are like, this will be VFX, this should like a superhero, like it's dominating the genre, but as we're seeing like these winners, like none of them really pertain to that. They're more just like, you know, that all I'm thinking about right now is like that 1917 shot, like mm-hmm. of him running, you know, like this, things that really add to the story but they're so subtle um I would say I probably would have put Eternals over Spider-Man and Shang-Chi they did have its moments with Angelina Jolie's leg like when she's like sliding like coming out of nowhere (laughs) Uh, I don't know if everyone knows what I'm referencing to but that I can't get that video out of my head but I don't know like I agree with all these winners like I don't know if I would put, I mean, Doctor Strange, the first one, I loved that movie. And I think like the mirror dimension was super cool, but I think like in Jungle Book was like groundbreaking of how they did that. And so I think with these categories, you always want to, in my opinion, celebrate and go for things that are really groundbreaking. I mean, obviously Curious Case of Benjamin Button, crazy, crazy with everything they did with that. And same with like, doing in all of these versus something that I don't know I don't like I want to use the word like theme park but I think like if you're gonna award something like best whatever it needs like break through of what that specific like industry or craftsmanship is versus just like we went bigger we you know that's just my opinion yeah I I think I think that's why that's the only reason because of any of the Spider-Man movies, it should have been the second one. They got a VFX nom. I mean, the whole you mean, you villain mean was Spider-Man two with Tobey Maguire. No, uh-huh, um, no. I mean, Spider-Man <laughs> Far From Home, where the whole villains, like I, the the entire villain mm-hmm. was based around visual effects. Um, but no, I completely agree, and I agree with everything that Kenzie said. And that's why I think maybe if it didn't go up against a juggernaut and interstellar i think the winter soldier is probably the only one that actually probably deserved a vfx at least close to a win in a way that that is one that i feel use the vfx to complement the actual movie um that was the one for me that seeing that that one got a vfx nom was actually really surprising because when you you know when you watch that movie a lot of it seems practical a lot of it is practical and then they just use the vfx to do the things that they just can't do um but yeah yeah, i I, I definitely agree agree with that that's my one that i would maybe give a win to as well i'm also like not a big interstellar fan um -hmm. the one that i would add that was not nominated is and this is like such a 
cliche me answer. I feel like I'll uh, if you say Thor but... too. No, God, not Thor 2. Oh, okay. The first Thor. Oh, I actually my think, God. yeah, duh. No, but I actually think the first Thor does an excellent job setting up a lot of things that are visual effects that then go throughout the entire sort of MCU, like the Bifrost. And I think that Asgard itself, the visual effects done for that are really cool, actually. And again, sort of more of that background understated not meant to be like super showy per se. And that's also like where they develop the effects for Thor's hammer and the way that it moves. And I think that Mjolnir's like movements are actually one of the cooler things that they've done with mm-hmm. effects and particularly how effects interact with like actual objects um, in all of that. So that's the one that I would actually reward because like we were saying, like you want it to be something that's new and in some way like changing something we haven't necessarily seen before. And I think there are some things in the first Thor movie. And I think some of that does go back to the fact that like Kenneth Branagh is not a director who does a lot of things with special effects usually. So he was using them in a way that I think uh, some of the later directors who are more like big showy black blockbustery people um, he was just using them to sort of complement the story that he was telling. And I think that a lot of the things that I've liked in the special effects to do with Thor come straight from that and how they were set up in the beginning. Um, but I think that that movie kind of came out at a time where the MCU was not getting considered as much for even like a visual effects Oscar. So mm-hmm. I can see why it didn't. Can I say my movie that I would give a nomination to even though I don't know if it technically counts as the MCU. And you can call me uncultured. I don't care. I Morbius. Think Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire does in fact deserve a v- uh, visual effects nomination because, because uh, Doc Ock, like those tentacles are a character within themselves. And that was done 100% practical in, well, not 100%, but like 97% hey, practical. Hey, babe, babe, it won VFX. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> I love this moment for you. Yeah, <laughs> it won the and it was nominated for mixing it wasn't, and editing. Because it's not the MCU. That's why I didn't know that. That's why it wasn't in my article. <laughs> well, then back up, delete all that. You know what deserved it? You know what deserved it was Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire. That deserved it. Call me uncultured if you wanna. I'm gonna leave. I think all of the um, the Sam Raimi trilogy, like, I think it just, like, I don't know if it was the timing of it, like, post 9-11 or whatever, but it just, like, changed, like, the movie industry forever. The way I did not expect the phrase <laughs> 9-11 to be said on this podcast. <laughs> but I think, like, I think, like, people don't realize, like, that movie, like, it was just, I don't know how to explain it. I watched this, like... 9-11 documentary like literally brings up spider-man because it was like the first major movie to feature the new york skyline post 9-11 and it's just like this crazy thing that like i i'm not a marvel person but those movies are like embedded in my mind so what lex is saying that like it literally like like I don't know how to explain what he did because I am an idiot special effects wise, but like, it's really crazy. And like, I watched them again over like Christmas to New Year's and I don't know, they obviously like don't hold up, but the visual effects aren't bad. 
Mm-hmm. Like it's the same thing as like Titanic where you're like, these are bad special effects, but at the time they were just like insane. Yeah, it's like, the same awful. with like the Lord of the Rings trilogy too, where it's like, if you watch them now, you're like, okay, the orcs definitely look like cartoony, but like for the then <laughs> that was like unbelievable. Um, going off the Spider-Man 2 comment, um, I think No Way Home... I think it would have been more justifiable to be in this category if it, because the characters come back, obviously, from all the Spider-Man movies, if they somehow advanced what they already did in this one, like, I feel like we didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like we just brought them back and didn't, like, go above and beyond to be like, like, look at Top Gun, like, how they filmed those fight those flight scenes like in 1986 and then you know how long has it been 28 years I don't know that's probably wrong. that's a really it's good so comparison. much better and you can be like okay put this that's why I'm arguing that it should be put in the Oscar conversation because it shows like how much time passes and how the idea of filmmaking and visual effects has gone with it mm-hmm. and I don't think when you watch the Spider-Man Sam Raimi's, they're all like, they do, I feel like they do hold up. Like you still get that nostalgia. And I feel like John Watts, I'm calling him out because he's my least favorite MCU director. I feel like he doesn't, he didn't do anything to like advance where Spider-Man has been other than like bringing everything together. Like he wasn't like, I don't know if he's in charge of the visual effects, but I, I'm just going to put it on him because he's the director and that's what we do. But I feel like they didn't try to go like, what what new things can we do? Like, how can we show how these people have evolved other than just like characterization? Wait, so well, before we transition to the next category, I just want to say how funny it is you bring this up because there's always like all these articles, like when is Tom Cruise going to be in the MCU? And I'm like, he's not going to be in it till y'all do something. <laughs> He got them to do this with Top Gun. He's like, if you guys can't improve your movies from movie to movie, I am not touching them. Until you guys step away from that blue screen and go outside, I'm not joining you. <laughs> go touch some grass. He's like, I am not going to a Best Buy parking lot. I expect Until to be we in a studio. Until we figure out how to actually swing from these skyscrapers with webs, not joining. He literally would figure it out. That's what they uh-huh. should have them in. They should have got the they should have got the Top Gun people in. Everyone needs to get the Top Gun people in and be like, "What did Joseph you Kaczynski. do to yeah. get, to like make this to show the advancement from 1986 to 2022? <laughs> 20 what was that film? 2019? Like even that? Like it's yeah. not that hard. That's crazy. Um, I'll I'll throw in my two cents very quickly. Um, I my opinion is not a, if any of these had won honestly i don't besides maybe shang chi and no way home i think none of them would be unjustified you know what i mean like if, a, if guardians won would i give it to inter to over interstellar not really but like if guardians had won i don't think it would have been an unjustified win and i feel that way about the vast majority of, of these uh, uh vfx nominees and quick side note jillian i know you're angry at john watts watch the old man on on fx you'll uh, you'll forgive him um, I'll forgive him when he stops making corporate movies and develops a personality. I, it, like I said, watch the old man. <laughs> um, moving on to the next one, uh, sound editing. There have been two uh, nominees for sound editing: um, Iron Man, which lost to The Dark Knight, and Black Panther, which lost to Adriana's favorite 
Bohemian Rhapsody. Before Adriano steps on whoa, his whoa. platform to speak, <laughs> before, I just got to say, Bohemian Rhapsody winning sound editing is one of the worst wins in the history of the Academy Awards. It is Boom. the worst win. It is. Boom. I, I, if you voted for this and you're listening, please contact me at Ken Zununu and explain yourself. <laughs> I think the sound you understand? worse. You know what? This... <laughs> No, because no, they didn't create any sounds. Like That's, my my favorite, one of my favorite tweets I've ever tweeted was a uh, was the scene of pop star when they they he like shows the entire soundboard, and they're like, oh, do you use all this for the show? And he's like, no, I just have an iPod. And I tweeted that, and I was like, this was the Bohemian Rhapsody sound designers. <laughs> I just I I need someone to explain it to me. Like, and I'm saying this like. I, I don't mean it in any, like, what were you thinking? Like, I just, I don't understand. I don't get it. I, I don't get it. Like, it makes no sense. My, well, I my, guess I'll go I since I was brought up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to, I guess I'm going to shock y'all by saying I agree with everything Kenzie just said. Because well, you can like the movie, man. but disagree. It's I don't the same like thing the movie. With Jacob. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't oh, like. The it's the same thing with Jacob being <laughs> no, like, I, I don't like. Sp- I like Spider-Man: No Way Home, but I don't like the visual effects. Like, call out yeah. movies you enjoy where they are not good. Like, it is fine, but like, I just. I don't know. Like, I obviously would take away Rami Malek's Oscar and give it to Bradley Cooper. Like, no, no question nope, asked. Nope. Drum line. But, Drum like, line. No, this would you're be taking away the representation <laughs> of the moment of Twilight winners, Twilight actors winning Oscars. <laughs> I know. But, like, I just don't understand this Oscar. It was literally like the biggest, I'm just going to check this movie. I don't know what this award is moment. And I don't know. I remember watching this win, just deflating my body. I left my body. Like I, what a bad moment. What a bad movie. Yeah, um, I got to agree. This is, it's a really stupid win. Since, uh, like- since we're in it, let me just, give the uh the other nominees so it was bohemian rhapsody and black panther it was also first man uh a quiet place and roma were the other three that didn't okay not only does a quiet place which a movie i i I enjoy it's fine but like the sound are you are you kidding are you kidding and then first man Look, and then, any, and then any of those nominees would have been a better winner. Like any of Black them. Panther included would have been a better winner. Like for <laughs> sure, Bohemian Rhapsody was every single person I know numbers five. It made no sense. I don't even know how it got nominated here. I don't know. It's just like stop name checking. I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get it. Also justice to first man. It's just funny because you see Dunkirk 2017 Bohemian Rhapsody and then Ford versus Ferrari and it's like arguably obviously like the sound is the main character of Dunkirk Ford mm-hmm. versus Ferrari I love Ford versus Ferrari but like the you know the engines the, the cars like I literally called it vroom vroom for like yep. I mean I still call it that but like, but like did you get that experience in Bohemian Rhapsody like <laughs> are you putting Bohemian Rhapsody in the same category as Dune Ford versus Ferrari you could just Denver? listen to a Queen live album and get the same go on Spotify go literally 
go get some noise canceling headphones and then go get the Dolby Atmos special thing on Apple Music. Yeah. You'll have a better there you time. Go. There you go. No so yeah, I that. think Black Panther should have won yeah. over Bohemian Rhapsody or any of the other nominees. You know what? You know what scene in Bohemian or in Black Panther should have like given it the win? You know when he like jumps on top of the car and that the mm-hmm. weekend Kendrick Lamar song is playing. Yeah, the sound is really good in that scene because like it was sponsored by the car that's in it. So like they like put more extra oomph in the sound of the car. So that, that movie is just also like obviously so well crafted on every level down to the sound work in it mm-hmm. yeah like it like, really does it that's almost why just... that movie was nominated for best picture because Whoa, it had all that we don't elements. know that yet spoilers spoiler <laughs> it actually won what are you talking about i can't really think of any other like mcu movies where i'm like whoa like the sound yeah. like it's just okay, yeah it's like, not, I... like i mean thinking about even like dune like the second time i saw dune and dolby like mind mind altering but like have I, I had that experience with an mcu movie like it's loud i do love the iron man nomination though mm-hmm. um just for being the first one and for being the kind of originator of a lot of those sounds um and a lot of you know the gear shifts and all that kind of stuff um granted it went against the dark knight which i feel like was a juggernaut that year but um but i do that's the only other one, and that's the only other one with a nomination that I would even like consider. I didn't know Iron Man and the Dark Knight came out the same year. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where they increased it to ten and preferential because people were really mad that they weren't nominated for Best Picture. I understand the Dark Knight, but um, the Iron Man one is a real Iron Man is a great special. film honestly like i think iron man i get it in the it time out, though especially especially because of the way that it is in some ways like more of a like middle eastern war film than it is a superhero <laughs> movie i can see why people thought it should be which like obviously if it came out now and it was that i'd be like can we not but at the time that it came out being that i can see why people thought it should be in that conversation well, i even think it's it just groundbreaking for the industry and like mm-hmm. like what we're saying like what nicole was saying with like Thor, you know, really setting up how they see visual effects. And like, I think arguably maybe the Thor movies are the most consistent with, again, haven't seen Thor Love and Thunder, but are the most consistent with like how the visual effects tie into his character. And obviously Mm -hmm. Iron Man kind of set the tone for like the rest of it. And I think it's like those films for those certain characters that are like the first ones and how they establish it for everything else. Like that makes sense to me. I think it's just up to like the filmmakers and the people that are working on like the sequels to kind of like, you're either going to advance it or you're just going to keep putting out the same thing. And so I think like, that's why Iron Man is so groundbreaking and makes Iron Man and Black Panther like make sense to be you know, in multiple categories for what they've done. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with the Iron Man thing, because it's like, it is so weird about how, if you look at where the MCU started with Iron Man, I feel like it is, like, visually, sound-wise, I mean, the performances are very good. Uh, the directing is very good. Like, it just overall is, like, a very good movie and one that I would consider for those kind of top prizes. And then it just kind of, from then on, I feel like they started with something that was like real. And then once they started finding that formula that they could, you know, make money off of, then it started getting into the 
kind of more schlocky. I mean, Iron Man one, there's not that many jokes, like to be honest, like it is like a, like Nicole said, a war movie. Um, and it is, you know, brutal at times. And uh, I do think it is kind of interesting. I would love to get back to that almost where it is kind of that solo story that is a little darker, a little um, more character driven. And like, uh, Kenzie said, I do feel like that's what they're doing with their TV shows. And that's why their TV shows get, you know, tons of Emmy nominations like year after year. Um, anyone else have anything for the sound editing before we move on? Um, so I will stick sound mixing. Uh, I feel like it's pretty much the same thing. Black Panther was the only nominee. Uh, it lost to Bohemian Rhapsody, of course. Um, does anyone have anything quick to say about that before we go to the next one? Just take all my uh, comments no, from the last category fine. and yeah. apply okay. them forward. <laughs> uh, all right, so, no, I'll be honest. I sound mixing a little bit more justified than sound editing. Um, so going on, original score. I'll keep it in the sound categories. Original score, Black Panther is the only nominee, and it won. Um does anyone have any thoughts on that? Any thoughts yes. on the winner? Any thoughts on? Yeah, it was very deserved. Very deserved. Was, yes. Black Panther was deserved, which I am currently speaking to you all from the afterlife because I have died of embarrassment. Um, currently rejoined with my dearly departed husband, Eddie Munson. Um, it's fine. Um, but if there's one thing I'm confident in speaking about, it is score because I love a good Marvel score. Um, I'm honestly shocked, which now I'm paranoid. Like, was I wrong? No, I wasn't. Um, that Infinity War and Endgame weren't nominated for yeah. best score. Those are gorgeous scores. Um, I have them on vinyl. So good. Um, Endgame especially. I I yeah. I was like, I was slash got out of the camp of it actually needed nominations, but I was very much in the score nomination like throughout I what's like, that the one that's like the time hopping one like that yeah. is like ingrained in my memory i also think like the first avengers score i don't know it's because <laughs> i went to the theme park too much and that's for some reason the only thing that they have playing but like just the, that like that sound and that score yeah that portal is the hero first time of like they're coming together we've never seen this in a movie like mm -hmm. i i would argue based off of that of like you know in that scene when they're all together and they think like it looks like they're not gonna win but then they're like we gotta come together and put aside our differences and then the song plays like a moment yeah i and i agree the first doctor strange i think has a gorgeous score oh, the title sequence that. where it's got like the yeah. sitars so that good. one's really good i will say i hated multiverse of madness I will riot if it doesn't get a best score nomination, especially that song that's in the scene where they're fighting with the instruments. Danny Just Elfman, stunning. talk about camp. That's yeah. like, that is camp, but that was one of the very few things I liked about that movie. I think, you know, the the Captain Amer the first Captain America movie has a great score. I just, I was truly shocked that um, it only got one nomination and one win. And I know that one won. I know for a fact. <laughs> yeah. We're not gonna misspeak on wins anymore. Okay, thank or you. Or did it? I do wish that. Uh, <laughs> I'm gaslight myself. I'm gaslighting myself. I don't know. <laughs> I do wish that the last Spider-Man maybe had gotten more recognition because Michael Giacchino's score was amazing for that. Oh, I love Michael. He's um, so good. 
But doing the last sound category, original song, Black Panther was nominated for all of the stars, but of course lost to Kenzie Who. Can I say something Miss Lady about Gaga. original song? That it okay. should be taken out from the Oscars unless they agree to make it to where end credit songs are ineligible and the song Your has song to... needs to be diegetic no, and it I... has to be played in a bar. Well, no, it just has to be to part of, of the plot. It. They has to if make it's sense. not, yeah, if it's not moving the plot along or like part of the story, then I don't think it should be nominated. And like, because like there are songs that are essentially end credit songs that are that do transcend the end credit like joke. Like if you think about it, like recently. I think like the weekends earned it from 50 shades. Like that song was like a huge deal and I'm frozen. Yeah. We can still hear you. Oh, cool. But like that song was like, it like transcend being just an end credit song. And I think that doesn't happen ever. And it's because end credit songs don't matter, but there are songs like, Young and Beautiful by Lana Del Rey that are like the most gorgeous songs and not only are like integral to the plot, but like they were beautifully crafted for the movie alongside the filmmaker. And I think that shows, and that is why Shallow was the most deserving because it just overtook the culture. Like I can't imagine that song coming out with TikTok. Like it would be unbearable to be honest with you but like I just think Shallow is one of the greatest things that's ever happened to me I forced Nicole to sing this at karaoke when I wasn't even in attendance I that was a moment that was a moment wait just... Jillian show her your uh show her the vinyl oh because she's actually here this time where are my vinyls <laughs> but yeah shallow deserved no offense to this other song but um I have our best yeah. original songs <laughs> oh my god oh my god it's so beautiful and the sticker is appropriately placed on the call me by your name one <laughs> i purchased at the academy museum i love that so much i love i mean like the- honestly a star is born deserved like nine original songs nominations like we should have expanded the category to allow for more songs to get in like hair body face black eyes i just love that this stupid movie won the only oscar it was nominated for that bradley cooper wasn't nominated again with and yeah but um yeah no offense to black panther and kendrick lamar it's a kendrick lamar song right or is that a yes. different yeah. yeah. No, it is. It's Kendrick Lamar. My sister, she went to go see Black Panther because she listened to the the al- the album. The album that was put out with that was so, mm-hmm. so good. But you know like, what's crazy? That, is- that was in the movie. And I was like, no. She's like, I was waiting for Kendrick Lamar to come on. And I was like, they're not going to play is the, he on the that soundtrack. The- they're not going to play that in a Disney movie. But- is he on the, the weekend song that's in the car part? The Pray For Me? Pray For yeah. Me, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, I he's thought that song deserved it more. Th- I yeah, that's what I was going to say. More than all the stars. Yeah, it was a better song. I just think they were probably thinking like the Academy. Like that's why I don't think like unless like the trajectory holds of 
Vegas by Doja Cat. Like, I just think like they're not gonna go for that. No, I but I think that I think that was the same thing with Pray for Me that it was just like the genre bias. Mm-hmm. I think but, it just needs to make sense with what is part of the story because I just don't like I the the Top Gun song. Like, why is it just playing in the background? I was like, is that I am a little <laughs> monster at heart, but one, I don't like that that song, and two. It does not work in the movie, and I'm I kept waiting. To see what they do with um, or the crawdad saying with Caroline. Yeah, like she wrote it. She wrote it, and then was like, "Do you want to use this song in the movie?" So like, are, is it going to be playing in the background? That'll be my that'll be my uh, villain origin story. If Carolina gets nomination, sorry, it's it's mid, it's mid. Beautiful ghosts was a better. Song. Oh my god, beautiful green. Mm-hmm. That's such a good I song. y'all, we could have had Taylor Swift sitting next to Andrew Lloyd Webber at the Oscars. And we it. gave that up. That was a costly mistake. Can we also talk my, about my how Despicable Me Too was nominated for Happy, <laughs> but born not born to die? Um young and wait beautiful. a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you know what do you know? when Great Gatsby came out? Yes. Do you know okay, what yeah. song is gonna be nominated this year? Which one? The Minion song? The Minion song. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh Let's go. God. The Gentle Minions remix. Oh, oh god. Yeah. They just they I they're gonna play that up so well, much. Wasn't Jai Ho? Wasn't that like at the end of like a separate scene from the movie? It was like yeah, it was a title sequence. I'm just re- reading through everything right now. But yeah. yeah, that's my biggest thing is like, it can't be like, it needs to move along the plot. Like La La Land, like Audition, like The Muppets, like Sky, even like the, the James Bond, like they pertain to the story, but do they? Like, I need something that helps elevate. Like, I don't know, it's just so annoying when it's the song they put forth and then you watch the movie and it's just playing in a bar in the background and you have yep. to make it out if that's Lady Gaga. Couldn't be shallow. Couldn't be shallow. She tried. Uh, that's my rant. Well, moving on from original song, I will go back down here. Costume design. Um, Black Panther is the, again, the only nomination. It's the only win. Uh, is there any other um any other marvel movie that you think deserves a nomination in costume design do you think black panther deserved its win uh just up in the air for whoever wants to start i think black Um, panther definitely deserved its win for sure um i mean the costumes in that were just stunning and i think also kind of we're at what what part of the reason i think Black Panther did so well in terms of just sweeping the board with nominations is it sold you an entire world more so than any other movie. Like it's got all of Wakanda and Wakanda's history and culture to set up and it did it seamlessly to the point where you're like immediately on board. And I think the costumes were part of that. And in that same vein, to an extent, I honestly think that Shang-Chi should have been nominated because while like in the beginning he's wearing like normal street clothes, the costumes and ta- the Talo scenes are gorgeous. And it's that same concept of they're selling you another world that's rooted in, you know, other cultures. But I think besides that, 
I don't think I would have given any other um, Marvel movie a nomination in this category. As a costume design girly, the only other one I would consider would be the first Thor movie. And for similar reasons that the world of Asgard, I think the way that they build that with the costumes and the symbolism that they build in Thor and Loki's costumes, I think is really interesting. Um, And sort of the color palettes there and uh, the really iconic pieces of costuming that they're building there and the way that some of it borrows from Norse mythology, um, I think is really interesting, but I think like that's the only other one that I really would even consider because I feel like otherwise things are either pretty sort of basic, honestly. Um, Although, hey, I I will give a shout out to Infinity War because they made the Infinity War cap suit. And for that, I thank them. (laughs) That should have got a hair and makeup just for uh, his beard. I was going to say that, Jacob. <laughs> Don't skip ahead. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, no, I agree. I think I think when it comes to it, uh, I think, of course, Infinity War Endgame, it's, I could see, I wouldn't have been opposed to them getting a nomination just because of the vast amount of costumes they actually had to have um, and how different they all are and how good they still all look. But I agree, I don't, I can't really think of anything else um, that I would have actually given it to. I don't, it, it, it does seem like, especially in such a literally like a comic book world where it's so many people um, from book into movie and all that kind of stuff. It does seem like a lot of times they are tame. And I think that's why Thor love and thunder is so, interesting from a costume design standpoint because it's like the first time there's color involved in general um they're not wearing black hats and sunglasses to be incognito (laughs) yeah exactly it's like everything's not just so gray it's like you're actually like giving it color which that's what i feel like that's what i feel like a comic book movie should be i mean i i understand wanting to like keep it in reality but the thing is, like, these movies are so fictional and they're so, like, literally comical that, like, give them color. Make them, like, ha- have them be in suits that, like, shine. Um, not everything has to be, you know, so dark and grim and everything like that. And so, uh, yeah, I can't think of anything else that I would give it to other than potentially those two just what about for the amount. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. I could I, I could see eternal costume yeah. wise because I, I do think I do think there's a lot of costumes and I think not only are there a lot of costumes there's a lot of even though I didn't love these like set pieces and um, times but there's a lot of like uh, different times in history where they had to like recreate costumes for that spe- uh, specific time where I do feel like that would have would have worked um, had they probably push that a little bit more or if they got in I wouldn't have been uh, entirely upset with it because I do think there was a lot of good use of history even though they didn't use the history well if that makes any sense um anyone else have any more thoughts on this I feel like what we're all like kind of I don't know sharing is that 
what really makes these films is like it all goes back to world building mm-hmm. and like definitely Black Panther does that. I think we can all agree that the Thor movies do, do that. And some way I feel like Iron Man is able, like they're, they're all uh-huh. interconnected, but those two like can establish themselves from outside of what they're connected into and have its kind of own world. Like we feel so connected to like, the world of Thor, even though it does feel like we haven't, he, there's four movies, but it also feel like we haven't really spent time with him at the same time. And like Black Panther's just getting started. And I think it really goes down to how much is put into all of those crafts that sometimes we don't see them within the other characters as much. Um, and I think like those two definitely stand out for me for feeling like a real connection to the characters and the world that we're entering as an audience. Yeah, and, and it's um... believable. To kind of transition that as well, I feel like the costumes, the same with production design, which, you know, Black Panther won as well. Uh, Black Panther, by the way, was the only nominee and it is the winner. Um, I do feel like the production design and the costume design both help. Like Lex was saying, really build that world of Wakanda. It's, you know, that's a place that is super fictional that we've only ever gotten glimpses of in Civil War. Um, and I think a glimpse of it in Age of Ultron, and they really had to build this, I mean, like kingdom in a way. And so I think the production design here, I really do, I agree with this win, um, definitely, because I feel like this and the costumes, they were both used so well to kind of create um, like a world that doesn't actually exist. Um Anyone else? And moving on, um, makeup and hairstyling. I'll let <laughs> let Nicole get her little spiel out. Uh, but Guardians of the Galaxy was the only nominee, and it lost to the Grand Budapest Hotel and Foxcatcher. Um, so on a like unserious note. Uh, I would give nominations to Infinity War for putting that look on Chris Evans, his best look of all time. And also to Thor, because whoever looked at Tom Hiddleston and said he would look better with dark hair was a genius. Do we have them to thank for Crimson Peak and what we do in the shadows? Maybe. And for that, truly, I'll give them the award. Um, In actuality, though, and this is going to sound like I'm still joking, but I'm not. I would give a nomination to Captain America, the Winter Soldier, because I think that the creation of the look for the Winter Soldier in that is so vital to the film and particularly, you know, to create a look that would be distinct enough from the last time that we saw the character of Bucky Barnes um, and also to take it that much from the comics, I think is really interesting. I also think, honestly, like we probably owe Robert Pattinson's Batman look a like somewhat to Sebastian Stan's look as the Winter Soldier. The dark eye makeup, the like the flippy hair. Um, but yeah, I think like that is a really good example of um, costume of hair and makeup on a sort of civilian looking character, if you will, mm-hmm. other than obviously something like Guardians where you have a lot of like very fantastical alien type creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is an interesting category because it is one of those things too, where I feel like with Marvel movies, you're always trying to figure out like, okay, what here was practical 
and what here was CGI. Yeah, no, I agree. Or Black um, Widow having 15 different shades of red hair in the span of <laughs> the movies. I remember I did like a TikTok about that. And I was like, do they have hairstylists? Like, how does the hair tell the story? And Miss Girl die in her hair. Yeah, every, I guess every three weeks. It helps. <laughs> I don't know, but I, I think it's just important for like, I mean, people don't often think of like makeup and hair unless it is like this big fantastical thing, like we're saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but how it continues, and especially with all these interconnected movies and how they all progress each one, like I think it's very vital of how, you know, sometimes you go two years without seeing characters of like how they mm-hmm. change and how they explain like where they've been and like what's happening. Um, and so I agree with that with like definitely an infinity war you had like obviously Captain America becomes nomad and Natasha's hair I remember like when the tweets came out when people first saw the the footage and they're like oh my god Captain America has a beard and Natasha's blonde like just those little changes to show that they've been on the run for a bit um I I also I will say I in my personal awards last year I did put Black Widow into hair and makeup because I think that the use of braiding throughout it yeah. is really interesting as a way to tie together the family line um because of you know we've seen Natasha with her braided hair like earlier and then the way that it's used on um Yelena and uh oh my god I just lost what is Rachel Vice's character called okay. Melina um, um yeah. I think it's really interesting and sort of the way that they craft the widows to look similar to each other is really interesting from a hair and makeup perspective. Um, and, and also like, I don't know, I'm, I'm willing to give them, I was like, look, I'll give you some credit for, for David Harper's look. <laughs> but yeah, I do think it's, it's sort of at its best whenever they are using it like that to sort of show changes in character or to sort of build character again, back to like on a serious note with Thor, I think like, the creation of Thor and Loki's looks and how they sort of do seem like very opposite to each other. And I guess there's work there um, on some of the like frost giant stuff too. That's actually pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and has, Anthony like, Hopkins. Yeah. yeah. Anthony Hopkins as Odin too, I think is actually like a really cool look that they built for that one. Um, and like he, yeah. when Loki dies, like he like, then he when you're talking about like costumes and stuff like he integrates Loki's look into his look like he has his hair like braided in and just like those little things that aren't like super whoa Mm -hmm. like in your face but they're so subtle that like I feel like if they did more of that I could argue that you know put them more into crafts there's like certain films that do care about that consistency and continuation and then certain where just like the character development they just forget about what they did in the last film Mm -hmm. And, I honestly uh, think that. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, I would also say like Black Panther also should have definitely been nominated, which is ironic because like it's been nominated for everything else. But um, I I think just like the like the small things like what they did with uh, Michael B. Jordan's body with all the scars and stuff, but also like just like the like that weird ass lip thing they did with like the certain tribe um people. I just think the makeup in the movie was very, very impressive, and it's weird that it wasn't nominated because it really, really should have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think um, I honestly think the first Captain America movie deserved a nomination because it, in the same vein um, of you know introducing you to a new world, like this is introducing you, putting you in a completely different time period, 
than any of the other Marvel films. And so it's rooted in historic trends for the time. And I think it does a very good job of doing that. Um, so I, I mean, truth to tell, I think there could be a case to be made for most Marvel films in this category. This was another one that I was honestly shocked by because there is so much storytelling in, especially with, you know, the original six Avengers who tend to show up in so many of the other movies of like showing passage of time and changes in character. And so I was honestly shocked that guardians was the only one that was nominated in this category. Um, And I will say going back to black Panther, I think, so that was the last year of three nominees in the makeup and hairstyling. Um, I do think if it was the next year, it would have gotten in. I feel like it, I don't know if it was shortlisted and if it was, I, or if it wasn't, I apologize to it was. Everyone. It was. Yeah. I think if it, if it was a year of five, it would have, but I think you've got vice, yeah. which was such like such in your face uh, makeup and hair. And then Mary queen of Scots, which um, was a lot of makeup and hair. Um, I don't know particularly what border is. I apologize to it earned that makeup. Not, um, that make not okay. say that. So, yeah. So, I mean, like, like that's another thing is that we have to like think about is like, yes, Black Panther probably should have got in, but in a year of three, I understand it not getting in, especially with what was nominated. Yeah. I feel like in a year of five, it would have gotten that nomination. Um, which speaking of Black Panther, moving on to the very last uh, Oscar that a Marvel movie was nominated for, didn't win. Um was best picture black panther was the only marvel movie nominated for best picture um it lost to green book and it is kind of interesting you know it's oscar story it was released in like february of 2018 um and managed to make it all the way through it got uh you know golden globes and all that kind of stuff and was able to hold its way up even with other Marvel movies coming out that year. Um, And so I think with best picture, it definitely deserved it. Um, And I, it's just one of those few that makes it the whole year that you kind of just like every month you're like, well, black Panther's still, you know, it's still number eight, still number nine, still number 10. And then eventually you're like, Oh, now it's, you know, a solidified number, you know, seven, six, five, so something like that. So um, does anyone else have any uh, opinions on Best Picture, other movies that they would give a Best Picture nomination to? Uh, Jillian, I heard you are a huge supporter of a specific film getting a Best Picture nomination. Yes, I (laughs) thought that Endgame was very, at the time, do I feel that way now? No. But at the time, I would have said that we should put that in the best picture category, maybe some acting. Um, now that I'm looking back on it, maybe, in, I don't even know, I don't know if I put Infinity War. I feel like now that I'm looking back at it, I'm like, okay, that might have, the other one's the better movie. Um, but I will say with this, I think now we're in the phase, if, if you follow Marvel movies, where it's like, you know, Thor Ragnarok comes out and that's the thing 
not Thor Ragnarok. What am I? Oh, I'm going to do what this year. So like Black Panther, I mean, Black Widow came out last year. Everyone was obsessed with Black Widow. And then the next thing comes out and they're like, this is the like amazing. And then people slowly move on to Shang-Chi and then people move on to Spider-Man. Um, and I feel like we're in this constant cycle, like within the last few years where it's like, you know, everyone's adapting the personality of that movie at the moment. And the next one comes out and then we all race to that one. And they're like, it gets bigger and better and all of that. And I think what really shines about Black Panther, as we all mentioned, you know, it came out in February and it had the story of holding up that relevancy until the very end, like an entire year later to get nominated and really stick with people. And I think that like is very, that's a rare quality for a movie to have, to kind of have like, especially with these movies now moving so fast within the MCU and the TV shows, like people are still thinking about WandaVision. Like it's these things Mm -hmm. that have a lasting impact on you. And I think, I think Iron Man could also play into that. Like at that time, it did have lasting impact. I think it was groundbreaking for superhero movies um, and a lot of stuff and kind of just all of that. I will say my only beef with, the MCU of how they campaigned themselves for these best pictures that we saw with the Spider-Man was like, I don't, let's be honest, they're a billion dollar corporation at this point. I don't like how they're trying to position themselves as an underdog of superhero movies aren't taken that seriously. And that's what really bugged me about the Spider-Man No Way Home campaign that they tried to launch with like having all the Spider-Mans together talking about it and like constant and like they didn't get the nomination. But it's like, you're making all the money in the theaters and taking, you know, screens and show times away from other people. So it's like, I feel like that's what's making it hard for people to put them into the conversation because of how they're positioning themselves. I feel like that would have worked for Iron Man and people would have gone along with it. But I think it's just all about like, what is that lasting impact that movie makes and how does it advance the overall like idea of film and I think Black Panther and Iron Man really solidified that so yeah long story short no longer campaigning for Endgame that they got too caught up got too caught up in the fan service yeah no I I agree I think for what Endgame did um I mean I understand because I was definitely there as well and not thinking back on it I'm very much not um but yeah, I think Iron Man, for me, I also, and I know this is a uh, controversial pick because I guess because not a lot of people like this one. I think when it comes to the best, one of the best made Marvel movies um, out, I am a big like defender of, I think, Civil War should have had some consideration, uh, especially I, and, you know, we can talk a little bit about this, but like when it comes to things that it you know, movies weren't nominated for that they should have been. In general, I do think like Robert Downey Jr. should have been in supporting actor for that movie. I think his performance in that actually is very good. Um, and I think the movie tells a really good story. And I think it's it's one of the, it's the first MCU movie that actually like made it like it made them like live with their like stakes and it made them like have to deal with you know what they've been doing. They can't just you know, go through everything and um, do all that. I thought that one's still, in my opinion, one of the best made and acted overall top to bottom um, MCU movies that I have seen and enjoyed. Um, is there anything else that anyone wants to shout out? 
uh, whether it be, you know, an acting, a directing, a screenplay. Um, I do think, while I don't think Endgame should have got a Best Picture nomination, I think it should have got some screenplay consideration because putting that movie together had to have been a living nightmare for those two people. Um, and I do think that they did it really well. I will say something real quick, just in defense of the whole Endgame for Best Picture thing. And I say this is someone who does not like Endgame. Um, it's actually on like, it's on my hit list. But I do understand that there was this push to get it considered for Best Picture in that I do think there's a certain thought process around Best Picture that especially with you know, how many nominees it has compared to the other categories that it should have some films that sort of capture the cultural zeitgeist. Mm -hmm. And I think that Endgame did do that in a way. Like it felt like an event. It felt like what everything had been leading towards. And I understand from that sort of perspective, it's something that, you know, would be a recognizable name generations from now, I think that, you know, so I think that there there is still an argument there that like it was worth considering, maybe not worth the nomination at all, but it was worth, you know, the sort of thought for it to be considered, um, even though like I would not nominate it. Um, what I will say for Endgame is more than that, I do understand the urge to nominate Robert Downey Jr. Um, for an acting award that year, because I think that A, he does genuinely give a very good performance in Endgame, but also to sort of, you know, recognize his work across the MCU as a whole. And obviously you can say, well, that's, you know, not what awards are for. Yes, they are. That's how Brad Pitt won his Oscar. Yeah. Like <laughs> if Brad Pitt can win his Oscar for that role, then we could have given Robert Downey Jr. a nomination for playing Iron Man and for mm -hmm. what he began and the way that he saw it through. And, um, you know, also just sort of, like he had a very interesting narrative in his career and sort of what he bounced back from to become this, you know, sort of household family name, I think is really fascinating. And I do kind of wish he'd been considered for that and he had gotten that recognition because I do think that he did something very special with that character. Um, my other personal, like, acting thing that makes my personal ballot um for the mcu i don't think it like whatever would have happened but i will come out and say in my personal awards last year for like mvp i nominated florence Pugh for black widow because i think that she does something very special with the character of yelena i think that it's one of the best introductions we've ever had to a character in the mcu and i think that she gives a genuinely very moving performance um like there are lines from that that i think about all the time and how she delivers them, how she, the chemistry that she has with both Scarlett Johansson and David Harbour, I think is really special. Um, and I think that that's one of the best performances in an MCU movie of all time. Well, um, maybe she'll get an Emmy for it. <laughs> I, 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 honestly, that would be a good, um, she, she's in few enough episodes to be considered a guest. Yeah, she was submitted in supporting. Okay. Uh, for a comedy series. It was nominated for an Emmy for seven seconds, so I'm sure anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anything is possible. <laughs> if Brad Pitt can do it, it's possible. That's, yep. that's going to yeah. go. Um, I will say, last year in my supporting actor lineup, I had uh, Willem Dafoe for... Uh, yeah, I agree. Wait, home. same. Like, <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. like, Mansfield literally just walked in, you know, be Willem Dafoe, just be like, hey, I'm a scientist, and got his paycheck and left. 
but instead he like went all out like that. I still think about that scene when Spider-Man's like pummeling him and he just has that creepy ass smile on his mm-hmm. face. I'm like, you did not have to go like like a thousand percent, William. And but yeah. he went he went all out. I very awesome performance by the guy. Probably in my opinion, probably one of, if not my favorite MC performances. Yeah, I, um... I agree. I don't think Alfred Molina deserved it for No Way Home. Would I maybe throw him one for Spider-Man 2? Maybe. Did he maybe win? And I don't know. No, also he possible. did win for Spider-Man 2. Um, he did win. There you go. Spider-Man 2 um, Best Picture of 2005. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, Alfred Molina is the winner of my heart. That's all. Um, no, but like in all seriousness, I think I actually would... Um, give Tony Leung a supporting actor mm-hmm. for Shang-Chi um, because that performance is just so gut-wrenching. And I think it would have been really easy for him to take it of, you know, he's the quote-quote villain of the movie in some ways, but not really his grief is. You know, like he's motivated more by, he's just trying to get his wife back. And the that scene where he realizes that like this, that she's not actually behind that wall and he's caused all this chaos and he passes the rings to Sean, like breaks my heart and he's not even saying anything. And so I think he, I'd give him an acting nomination. Um, honestly, I would maybe even give Sebastian Stan. What's tricky is I don't know for which movie though. Like, Okay, no, I would give Sebastian Stan a nomination for, for Winter Soldier? Captain America, the Winter Soldier because of the fact that he crafts that character almost purely just out of his physical presence i think Uh it's insane like he doesn't have many actual lines in that film and yet i think he gives like a really strong performance and i think that that's sort of like also the bucky fever after that movie came out was wild considering the screen time that he has and i think it's because his he is a really good like physical actor in terms of just creating a character just with his body language and um, I like he's so good in all of the movies that he's in, but I think that's the one where you really see that like he is more talented than most of the Marvel leading men. Well, and like that scene yeah. where they're about to zap him again, he's like, "But I knew him." Like, come on! I think the supporting actors in the MCU are a lot. They just leave more of an impact because I would add Tom Hiddleston as Loki and Avengers to that list because mm-hmm. like the fact that like we don't want him to be dead and like I'd rather see him in the movies than the show and I'm kind of like maybe he'll get an Emmy nomination with Oscar Isaac you know because I think they're really leading yeah. to be front right now. Um, but I feel like it's mostly the supporting characters. And I think, I honestly think they would have been able to probably get RDJ in for Endgame if they, if they only focused on him, because I saw their FYC and they like put everyone on the list and it's like, but they should have pushed him. They should have just pushed him. And I'm pretty sure they could have pushed, um, uh, I'm going to Tony Long. Like if they, I think if they focused the campaign, even Willem Dafoe, like I'm sure they could have pushed them in if they knew what story to tell with those actors specifically and didn't focus on like the money and like the cultural impact of it. If they like really tried a way to shine the performances onto the voters and explain it in a way that the voters would get it, like comparing it to other mm-hmm. movies. Cause I like, look, like Keith Ledger, Joker, 
um, you know, Joaquin got in for lead, but like there's, there's something with comic books that can translate to people. I just feel like they were just doing so much with these campaigns of like, we'll just throw everything in and see what sticks because obviously this has a unanimously like cultural appeal to everyone. But like Willem Dafoe like could have got in because the supporting actor categories, as we know at the Oscars are just very lame. Like yeah, especially, especially if last they had year. pushed if they had pushed in the narrative of sort of also him returning to that role that he had played before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of their issues is that they're not strategic enough. And you're right, thinking about it too, I honestly nobody laugh at me. I might even say Tom Hiddleston in Thor the Dark World because that movie oh, yeah. is a mess. That's a beautiful performance. But he is doing genuinely great work in that. Like, and I think it's almost more impressive because he's able to do it in a mess of a film. Um, and I, I think you're totally right though. Like Marvel is the place where supporting actors come to shine yeah. and the leads are typically overshadowed by them, which is not to say that they, like some of these leads aren't very talented, but I think they typically don't get the scenes in the TV shows. And I think that's one of the main differences with, or in the um, films, which is one of the differences with the TV shows is that like it, they're actually giving their lead actors a place to have like a proper dramatic performance. Um, but I think that really like the reason we've not gotten acting nominations for the MCU has been the fact that they've not campaigned them well. Yeah. And yeah. I think, I think what you're saying about the supporting is exactly why I would have given it to Robert Downey Jr. in civil war because he, that still technically was a Captain America movie and he got those kind of supporting moments. I mean, I still think, I still think his, you know, I don't care. He killed my mom is one of the best just line deliveries in the entire MCU and his like facial work, his grief, like his figuring out, you know, who actually killed his mom that like his, you know, somewhat best friend in Captain America was actually defending the person who killed, you know, his parents. And I think um, that performance to me is so layered and just like, anger, grief, like resentment, all that kind of stuff. And I do agree that, you know, a lot of the times the supporting actors do that kind of stuff because I don't want to be mean or I'll just be frank. Not a lot of the leading Marvel actors are very good actors. Um, Sorry to Chris Evans, but um, there's only a couple. I mean, Robert Downey Jr., got an Oscar nomination, I guess in 2008, but he hasn't really done much since. Mark Ruffalo is fucking Mark Ruffalo and does anything and everything in the world and probably the best top to bottom actor. But that's the thing. A lot of these lead actors can give really good performances, but then you get guys like Christian Bale to come in. You get, you know, people like Kate Blanchett to come in and give these like bonkers off the walls, villainous performances, Willem Dafoe, uh, another example um, that just really like eat at you. And then they know that they can give their all they'll make a billion dollars and then they'll get out of the MCU and go make their next movie. So it's hard for a lot of these actors to like do Marvel movies. That's why I'm really glad to see, um, Benedict Cumberbatch really starting to do other stuff that is like really like meaty roles because it's hard again for like a lot of these people because they are so tied into it whereas you know you get someone like Christian Bale who can come in give a bonkers off the wall like horrifying villainous performance and then leave to go 
work with a sex offender. Um. <laughs> no, and I, I actually would disagree in that I don't think it's that the leads are untalented actors. I think it's that they're not given the material that the supporting actors are. Because I think, like, if you watch, you know, obviously Mark Ruffalo is a great actor. Obviously, Scarlett Johansson is a great actress. I mean, like her or not, she is a great actress. Chris Evans, if you watch something like Snowpiercer, he's a very talented guy and he can do that. He's never been given that in a script for a Captain America film. And I think that, you know, that also allows some of these supporting actors, even people who are in the MCU long-term, like Tom Hiddleston or Sebastian Stan, the ability to sort of, um, you know, do their MCU stuff, but because they're not filming as, you know, as long at a time, then go off and make other movies, especially with someone, you know, even movies that are like in Oscar consideration, like I, Tanya. Um, And I think that that's, one of the differences is just that like Marvel does not set up their lead actors to give great performances, um, which is, I think a weird difference between them and sort of some of the DC movies like the Batman and Joker. But I mean, also whatever that actor is getting paid, however much money to do it. And I think like, for me, I'm always sort of like, you know what? I respect Robert Downey Jr. He said, I just want to go basically be myself and play Tony Stark and get a lot of money. And I say, well done, sir. Um, Even though he does occasionally give a great performance, but I really do think that like it has to do with just material. And I think that they set up these roles to get people like Kate Blanchett and Christian Bale to come be in their movies, because that obviously brings in like um, a little bit more of maybe an adult audience that, wouldn't necessarily be interested in Marvel movies if it didn't have this talent attached. Well, also, like, I think in the terms of, like, Chris Hemsworth and Chris Evans, not that they're bad actors. Obviously, Chris Hemsworth is an amazing character actor. But I think what you're saying, this is what I call the Andrew Garfield effect. He, you know, he steps away from Spider-Man, not that he was a bad actor before, and he, like, takes the time to perfect his craft. And then, look, we see him in Tick, Tick, Boom, like, leading, like, He's not just the guy from the social network. He's not just Spider-Man. That's what I want Tom Holland to do. I think Tom Holland needs to go take a step mm-hmm. away from Spider-Man, go do some weird things, come back. You know, Robert Pattinson did that. He comes back as Batman. And I feel like our lead actors don't really get that time because their schedules are so crazy um, where they don't get to go really perfect their skills, kind of just like whatever they can fit between and I think that's really the the difference between supporting because they can you know they come in for a bit they go off they go do other projects they get called back uh and just it's a really crazy commitment and I'm glad that they got rid of like their 10-year contracts because like I could not imagine like that's all you know for that long but I feel like Marvel's probably realizing what a missed opportunity that they had with that with not getting um rdj a nomination in some way because i think that is one that is arguably like one of the most deserving and could have translated well into a campaign if they just you know dropped everything else and was like because i mean everyone knows him in the industry obviously and like Mm -hmm. he has a great comeback story and just like really brought that world to life yeah, I want to caveat I, that. I agree with everything you said, Jillian, other than the Tom Holland part, because every role that boy has taken other than Peter Parker has been a flaming disaster. No, no, I agree. No, I agree. The it's so bad. bad. People, people are trying to tell me good. I don't understand well, acting. No, no. 
no that's the thing like i i actually do think like he is typically the best thing in the movies that he's in but like fire your agent tom holland because Look, every movie he's in that's not a spider-man movie is and go to messy <laughs> cherry cherry horrible movie i think he was still very good in it he uh, did the devil the best he could the devil wears all prada the devil within whatever <laughs> Um, the devil all the time. The devil all the time. <laughs> the devil wears Prada all the time. Not a particularly great movie, but he was still great in it. Even look back at The Impossible, I still think he was great. I think The Impossible going, is a great film. Let's be very good. Clear. <laughs> maybe going back to what I was saying, I think it's I think it's one of those things where it's like with within the MCU, I don't know if the actors really have to challenge themselves because they know the character so well. And I feel like that's uh, something where you were saying like with Andrew Garfield where he left and he started doing all these super different characters and he started working with people like Martin Scorsese and he was having to challenge himself as an actor and learn new and different things where it's like when you get within the MCU you play the same character for eight nine ten movies you're going to like you can walk on set and just be Spider-Man you can walk on set and be Iron Man so I think that is I think that's a thing where you start getting people like, you know, like Mark Ruffalo who can go be the Hulk and then go play in Foxcatcher and get an Oscar nomination or a spotlight or something like that. So I think it, it is just a lot of time commitment and a lot of, I guess, challenging yourself outside of it to make your Marvel performance, I guess, even better. And... Does anyone else have any final thoughts before I do the intro? All right. Um, so that was the latest episode of Oscar Central. Um, where can everyone find you online, Adriano? Uh, they can find me on Twitter uh, at Adri Caparuso. I'm doing a bit of a rebranding and that danger nonsense out of there. Um, you can also um, find me on YouTube, which is just, again, Adriano Caparuso, and I am posting Emmy predictions before Tuesday, so if you're interested in that, the, I, I do that there. Or uh, if, it's, if it's if it's out by the time this is, if the Emmys are, if this uh, podcast is out by the time Emmy nominations are out, you can just watch my videos again, see how wrong I was. When are, when are the nominations? Tuesday. Okay, I'll get this out tomorrow, so I'll make sure oh, it's out wait. before. Um, Nicole, where can people find you? People can find me at Nicole Ackman 16 on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd. I will not stop plugging that letterbox no matter what. Um, and I have link trees there to my work, uh, other places online. Link trees. <laughs> We're going to get that link tree <laughs> sponsorship, Jacob. I know it. <laughs> Jillian, where can people find you? I am at Jillian Chili on both Twitter and letterbox. Um, and I'm on TikTok at off, sc- off screen with Jillian. She's not going to say it, but she's doing a great little piece right now about oscar movies that what had oscar hopefuls and then didn't pan out right i am describing it as films that were projected to be critical darlings or oscar leading contenders and then they came out and then nothing all right yeah and they're amazing if you see 10 straight tiktoks of her in the same pajamas just leave them be (laughs) don't mention it 
Um, Just like all of them, comment, engage, send it to your friends. Yes, exactly. <laughs> just know, hey, she just was super creative this one time. We need to get those premiere invites. We need yes. to, yeah. So we need the we engagement. need to we need to be on Nuvi with our best friends Matt Ramos and uh, Straw Hat Goofy. <laughs> um, Lex, where can people find you? Well, presently they can find me on the clock on Titanic with that <laughs> guide. Um, um, no, if you want to find me on Twitter, you don't have to after today. Um, no. I'm at Alexis Willie, W-I-L-L-I underscore, same on Instagram, but please don't ever call me Alexis. Um, and I think that's also my name on Letterboxd. And then my TikTok is at Moonshoes Lexi. Thank you. And you can find Kinsey on Twitter at Kinsvenunu. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tberry57. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, um, Letterboxd, everywhere there. Um, you can find the show at Oscars underscore Central on Twitter. Of course, you can go to OscarsCentral.com. Um, we've got a lot of good pieces going up. Lex has an entire piece basically talking about what we talked about today, but um, it's a really good piece. It's basically the reference that I used for this entire show. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, I mean, no mistakes in it. And, and uh, like they said, uh, make sure to comment, uh, reply, five stars, do all that to the show. And until next time, that's the show.